1: All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled.
0: Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two. I mean, not
1: that she can't hold her
0: own; she's a real firecracker and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Woo!
2: Loves the dirty talk. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Yeah. Well, I have to yeah, I have to say I'm not by two. <laughs> All right, it's the Andrea Kay show with Brian Maloney filling in one more time. Andrea is back on Monday, and uh, it's a pleasure to be sitting in this chair for a couple of nights um, because she does such a fabulous show every single night. It's been such a pleasure to be her guest over the years. And if you haven't heard me before, um, you're new to this. I've been a talk show host for a really, really long time, but I hadn't hosted shows for a really long time either, so here I am back again and enjoying every moment of it with you. If you'd like to chime in on a whole bunch of stuff we're going to pack into this hour, number is one triple eight three four four eleven seventy. That's 888-344-1170 here on The Answer San Diego. So I've been thinking a lot today about the fact that, and I, I don't know if, I don't know if you've even thought about this. I don't know if anyone's talking about this, but 400 years ago, basically right now was the very first Thanksgiving in what became America 400 years ago. And most of those Mayflower passengers who made it to November 1621, uh, There weren't that many of them. I mean, most had died over the course of that first year, either through starvation uh, or disease. And there were only a few of them left. But they were so filled with hope, even with the long odds. And, you know, would they make it through a winter? And I've read a lot about this. And one of the reasons why any of them survived the first winter of 1620 is that it was known to be unusually warm that year. So if you think about, you know, where we've come in 400 years, we have a history here in America that isn't even taught anymore. Now it's it's considered unwoke and it's it's just erased. So nobody learns about any of this. Nobody's talking about any of it anymore. And for some mysterious reason, we eat turkey, uh, you know, once a year. And nobody even seems to know why anymore, especially young people. So this is just another unwoke holiday that they want to remove. We all know this, we all see this coming. So to me, you know, all that hope of 1621 sitting there, Hey, we made it through the first year. There are not that many of us, but we have big plans. Uh, and, and what all of that led to cause it really was the foundation of America. Uh, And looking at 2021 and seeing the state of America today and wondering, where do we go from here? Because this doesn't look too good right now. We have had our country essentially hijacked by absolute lunatics. Uh, There's no other way to describe it. Um, They say and do things that don't make any sense. They flip and flop from one hour to the next. I'm talking about the inhabitants of, of the White House right now. They don't make any sense. Um, we have a, a person who, uh, what yesterday said, you know, we're releasing 50 million barrels of oil to help alleviate oil prices. Oil prices immediately went up because they laughed at him, uh, because the 50 million gallons is just two and a half days worth of use or 15 million, uh, 50 million barrels, excuse me, 50 million barrels. is just two and a half days of, of our use today. Today, we get an update saying, oh, did you know that most of that oil is actually going to India and China to supplement their usage there? So, and I thought, wow, we have reached peak, peak idiocy. You know, each day I wake up, wow, we're even dumber than we were yesterday. How did, how did this happen? So I'm at a point where I wonder where America goes from here because – and, and why, why there is this mindless uh, federal government at work that seems to be just inept and decrepit and just lost. Uh, people have taken over to other than their woke ideology – uh, they, they're oblivious to what's going on. Either that or they don't mind if people can't afford food anymore. They can't afford housing. They can't afford fuel. They can't afford a new car or used car or a jalopy or a rust bucket. They can't afford anything anymore. The average used car price is now $25,000, an all-time high. If you look at a chart of used car prices over the last year, it's, it, it, there's nothing like that in history in America, just straight up line straight up lining, go to a car lot. You see any cars there? Uh, no, I mean, not many. They might have a couple, mostly just people sitting around twirling their thumbs. I keep wondering how much longer these, uh, car dealers can afford to hire, you know, to employ people who are just sitting there. So we're living in weird, weird times. Uh, and, so we've got a lot to cover this hour. We're gonna have Bob Walters coming up with an update on education and uh CRT. There's a lot of updates on this. Uh, the Christopher Rufo, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but you should. Even if you're not on Twitter, I would get on Twitter just to read what he posts there every single day. They've been blowing the lid off of insane curriculum at, at school districts around the country. They're going after one in, I believe, Indianapolis today where some incredible stuff has been uncovered and the teacher who who blew the lid on it all has been effectively removed from his job so all that's on uh, you know unfolding on twitter today so there's even a break for the holidays anymore 888-344-1170 the andrea K. show with brian maloney filling in on the answer san diego so i want to call your attention to go to real dot com. always a lot of great stuff uh there and they have They run pieces on both sides. It's not just uh, on the right, but they, they, you know, just run anything that looks interesting. Well, there's a great piece today by J. Peter Zane, uh, P-E-D-E-R, J. Peter Zane. I don't know, but apparently he is one of the analysts at RealClearPolitics.com. Some of my pieces have run at RealClearPolitics over the last couple of years. The headline is, We Don't Get a Vote on the Woke Revolution. I think this is so well written. I'm telling you, go to Real Real Clear Politics and read this, because the bottom line, what he's saying here is that no one voted for wokeism, no one voted for any of this, yet it has been imposed on society. You have really no option, no choice, but apparently to go along with it. Uh, because when you fight, you're fired, you're canceled, you're, you, you know, JP Morgan Chase closes down your bank accounts. Well, we've seen this numerous times. So you are effectively removed from society, subtracted like you don't exist. And what, what this person talks about, uh, J. Peter Zane, is essentially that everything that we're dealing with right now, wokeism, critical race theory, everything else, is really just repackaged Marxism from the 1960s and 1970s, repackaged in a way to make it look fresh. And also what he says is that it's been imposed by white elitists, and that's exactly right. What we see time and again, it's white progressives who are 100% behind this agenda, Uh, and almost exclusively the same people that many of us have been fighting for decades because they are obnoxious, ridiculous people who own multi-million dollar spreads on both coasts uh, and and live a lifestyle that most Americans could never dream of. Uh, And by doing this virtue signaling, they're able to feel better about themselves and their elite positions uh, while everyone else suffers. So that's where we're at today. I don't think America's in very good shape in 2021 as we head into what's a really, really important holiday. 400 years since the first Thanksgiving, 1621, in the Plymouth Colony. 400 years. Where are we in? To- I mean, I think 2021 is the year when America lost more of its credibility than ever before. 2021 is where we went backwards so far. Uh, in particular, the withdrawal of Afghanistan destroyed our global credibility forever. It was so botched. It was so embarrassing. And the U.S. media, the American media, is no longer able to cover for all this anymore. The level of, of incompetence, I mean, there's no way for them to make excuses for it. I mean, it's too obvious. And we're going to talk about a little bit later the Waukesha situation because there are a number of news stories here that are absolutely mind-boggling on the way that the media and the Internet companies, Silicon Valley, are trying to sweep this thing under the rug like it never happened. And some of the very bizarre places where that is being criticized, uh, of, of all the places, Deborah Messing who is an actress known for willing grace. She is one of the most liberal people in Hollywood. She is reliably consistently liberal a hundred percent of the time. I can't think of anybody in Hollywood more liberal than Deborah Messing. You'd have to really look for someone, uh, to the, you know, to the left of her. And yet she took to Twitter. To say that she thought that this, that the way it was being covered was ridiculous. You can see this story at foxnews.com. Waukesha parade, at, uh, parade attack. Deborah Messing blast the media for downplaying the massacre as an accident. So she actually tweeted, "I've never seen her stray from the left-wing talking points ever." She tweeted, dear mainstream media. Again, this is Deborah. If you ever heard of this woman? You you know who she is. Dear mainstream media, a man intentionally drove his car through a parade, killing six and injuring 50 plus. It was not an accident, accident written in all caps, Messing tweeted, call it by its name, Waukesha Massacre. And she concluded by saying, and it was a domestic terror attack. Don't minimize please. So why would somebody say, cause there are people on Twitter who are saying, wow, I've never agreed with Deborah messing in my life until today. What happened here? And then people joking that, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. I don't think that's what's going on. I don't think it's a broken clock. I think that even some people on the left see the, the insanity of trying to bury this thing under the rug and portray it as some kind of traffic accident. Uh, some kind of tragedy. You see the media calling it a tragedy or an accident, which we all know it wasn't. So the media at this point, the credibility is so far below zero and so many people are just laughing at the major networks now uh, that it takes people on the left to say, hey guys, you got to cut it out because you're making us all look silly. That's what Deborah Messing is up to. She's saying, hey, hey, to my allies, right? in Hollywood and in the media, knock it off because you're making us look like fools. That's where she's coming from. She hasn't gone to the, to the right. That's not going to happen. But when even she realizes it. So another story also at foxnews.com MSNBC's Rachel Maddow failed to mention career criminal Daryl Brooks during her Waukesha parade attack segment. She only referred to Brooks as the suspect, despite the identity being public knowledge. So she never named him. And she carefully kind of tiptoed around the thing. She did a segment, entire segment on the Waukesha situation, made no reference to Daryl E. Brooks Jr., the career criminal who was accused of killing multiple people by plowing through the crowd. So, you know, the mental gymnastics necessary to do this and, and feel okay with it. I mean, if you're Rachel Maddow, you get off the air that night and you feel good that you didn't mention who was behind this attack, this savage attack, a driver who zigged and zagged to hit as many people as possible, even stopped at one point. So to say this was some kind of out of control drunk driver or somebody fleeing a crime scene or all the excuses that have been made, uh, how, do you, how do you live with yourself? And we keep hearing that Rachel Maddow's probably going to leave the airways soon. Um, because I think she, she's gone, she went nuts years ago. So I have a weird long history with Rachel Maddow. She called me her alter ego once on uh, in an interview years ago. That's I'm not joking about that. That actually happened years ago. Uh, now one more thing on this also Fox news. I got a few things there. I guess Fox gets it right once in a while. Still, I, I didn't take that happen too often. Uh, so, Wikipedia users try to change Waukesha Parade Car Rampage Entry to Parade Incident. So the article, and I was even a little surprised when I went to Wikipedia and saw this, the article has been called Parade Car Rampage. So all the little do-gooders that are the Wikipedia editors have been trying to change that to Parade Incident. So an incident occurred at a parade not a parade car rampage, which is what it really was to the poor victims in Waukesha to uh, it, it's you're victimizing them twice. When you do this, when you sugarcoat and whitewash, what happened, you're just hurting everybody all over again. It's really sick. It's really, we've seen things now taken to an extreme where the gaslighting that occurs in our culture every single day is absolute madness. This is the Andrea Kay show. We're going to come up with a, Coming up, Bob Walters is going to give us an education update on CRT and all the issues that parents are fighting at school boards and everything else. We'll have time to take your calls as well this hour, 888-344-1170. This is Ryan Lourney filling in for Andrea K tonight on The Answer San Diego.
0: Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K. Show. Connect with the show at
3: ourfreenation.org. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer San Diego.
2: And coming up later in the hour, uh, some shocking poll numbers. But I mean, if you think you've been shocked by poll numbers we've been seeing lately, I've got some new ones, some fresh ones that are just going to knock your socks off. Let me guess, Biden's
3: at 1%.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to spoil it. You'll have to listen to the, uh, that's the whole point of, of, of a teaser. You know, no, that's the whole, that's the whole
3: Exactly, so, exactly.
2: Yeah, okay, get it. Okay, so it's the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in on the answer, San Diego. 888-344-1170. And as is done weekly on this program, we get an update on all the hot issues going on in the bizarre world of education these days and the, you know, how hard it is to be a parent with children in school nowadays and wondering what crazy nonsense our children are being taught. Bob, great to have you on again. Thanks for being on The Answer San Diego. Glad to be here. Yeah. Now, before you start, because I know you have your rundown to provide, but I want to know if you follow Christopher Rufo on Twitter because he and a teacher in Indianapolis named Tony Kennett have been blowing the lid off of some teachings there. Uh, the guy, this, this teacher, he's a STEM teacher, Tony Kennett, Uh he's already been removed from his teaching job, I and mean, it happened within hours, uh, but they have leaked hundreds of files from Indianapolis of some very, very extreme, crazy, crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm going to have that covered next week's issue. I, 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 I've got 20 points tonight, and that's all I could really put in, so... Oh there right. Okay. Well okay,
2: well let's let's hear what you've got.
1: Okay. Uh, first of all we got Denisha uh, Sosa reports that resistance to critical race theory is actually whitewash white lace rather, excuse me, according to the liberal media. He says the accusation has been made against parents in more than two hundred school districts and are protesting against critical race theory. Basically a new slang for backlash, this word whitelash. State Magazine states that parents who fight against CRT are mostly bigots and white supremacists who fear white replacement in their communities. The more parents learn about CRT, the more resistance there is, so schools try to hide and say that it doesn't exist, which is true. Uh, battle goes on. We've, yeah, got, yeah. we've got an immigrant woman who, uh, from Iran who escaped communist. Dictation where she was last located and began speaking yeah. against CRT. Uh, the school board president came off the stage and physically stopped her from t- talking and took her mic. The <laughs> and Anita Agarian right. gave a fiery speech to the issue, and when stopped, the audience went crazy. She demanded that the real education be taught and that guards, however, were told to remove her from the premises. But it went viral on Facebook, and now the board is in danger of a full recall election. And that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, a lot of people who oppose CRT are not necessarily white at all. Um, yeah. They're just parents who are looking at the insanity of this. It's a Marxist agenda, you know, with the label of CRT, but it's just Marxism. So you came here, you know, you came here from Iran. You probably aren't in favor of Marxism. It's probably not why you came here.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got two Virginia moms silenced by Fairfax County School District in Virginia won a resounding victory in court today. The judge upheld their right to speak and struck down the district's attempt to shut them down. The Goldwater Institute foot the bill for this legal action. They had researched the huge spending that had gone on legal issues in the past year and broadcast it on the web. And that's what the school district reacted so viciously about. But they won the case in court that they could not stop them from speaking and disclosing this information and the exorbitant spending and legal issues that the district's doing. Right. Well, all right, college crazies. There's always a lot of them. University of California, right here where we are, after three years of research and debate, On whether standardized testing does more harm than good and what options might exist outside of the SAT test. UC Provost Michael Brown said that campuses in the country that no longer want testing for admission rose to 1,815 campuses today versus only 1,075 two years ago. Good, all right, the trend's going in that terrible direction. Compton Unified School District filed legal action two years ago. and said tests violated their civil rights. I don't know what that accusation <laughs> represents. Yeah, yeah. The court agreed and ordered it to be suspended in 2020, believe it or not. Without testing requirements, the university had the largest flood of applicants this year, over 200,000, and the most diverse ever. Other tests all showed racial and class discrepancies in the test results, so they decided there would be no test in the future at all. So it's not clear on what basis students are going to be admitted, but uh, they've done away with all tests and all admission requirements. Amazing. Yeah. After hanging so the blue... Oh, up yeah. Up we'll, blue. So, we'll
2: conti- so, Bob, we'll continue with you with more, a few more of your points when we return, uh, because we do have an update here. Uh, this is the Andrea case Show with Brian Maloney filling in. 888-344-1170 if you'd like to join us. And much, much more ahead in the, in the second half of the Andrea K Show. So stay tuned.
0: The Andrea K Show. Strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
3: A.K., Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on
2: The Answer San Diego. And coming up, new poll data that will knock your socks off, I promise. It is The Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in one more time. Andrea is back on Monday. 888-344-1170 here in The Answer San Diego. That's one 888 1170 And we're going to finish up... With Bob Walters with our education update. Bob, we're running a little behind tonight. I don't have quite the precision that Andrea has in doing her show. So maybe if you could pick the best of what you have left to go over in your updates, that would be great so that we can get them into this segment. Maybe pick, you know, a few that we can do here. Uh, what else did you have on your plate tonight?
1: All right. Well, first of all, in more college crazies, uh, the, a professor at USC named James Moore hung a thin blue line flag, which is also known as the police support the police flag. Students demanded it be removed, but he hung in there, citing the need for students to realize that there are other views outside the progressive bubble. When they appealed to the leadership of USC, the top administrators said that they that he had his rights to do this and they terminated the student protest, which I thought was great. Yeah. In terms of uh, uh, another college professor in San Jose, this is kind of close to us right here. Uh, in San Jose State, his charge was setting four fires in the past season, including the Dixie Fire, which burned 1,500 square miles and destroyed 400 structures.
2: Yeah, I remember reading about him. That is insane.
1: That's unbelievable. I mean, it's it, yeah. There's a typical college professor for you, and he's out there burning the house down. Unbelievably. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the, an Exeter High School student, athlete, suspended for saying there were only two genders, and that he, based on his Catholic belief, he believed his position was correct. This is Granite State News, and they declared that he was in error and suspended him from school for making such a statement crazy. Yeah. yeah, anyway, then you got a high school student who was elected the first male home- homecoming queen in Columbia, Missouri. Rockbridge High School voted for him for the position partly in response to his battle against the school's district's dress code, which he frankly violated frequently by dressing feminine. <laughs> crazy world anymore. And then no. an eight year old boy is kicked off the school bus about a mile from his home when the driver noticed he didn't have his mask on. The older brother, also on the bus, noticed he was gone and got off the bus at the next stop and rushed back to find him to take him home, but he couldn't find him. But he happily went back to the house and the young boy made it back to his house even though it's a one mile walk. But this That's was him. really
2: dangerous. That is really horrible.
1: It is. It's in Livingston, Montana, which is a fairly conservative state. Anyway, nice. they have and they, the school district did, but the fact that it even happens is unbelievable. It is. Then you get another one. The teachers' union says, treat parents who complain as enemies, quote-unquote. The Washington State Education Association, with 100,000 teachers, is one of the biggest ones for transforming taxpayer public schools into indoctrination centers. They advise that their members no longer reply to parental emails asking questions about what is being taught about LGBT, sexual health, or CRT. So (laughs) So they want
2: parents parents completely cut out of the debate over curriculum.
1: Totally. Yeah, they want them. It's their kids, not the parents' kids. Terrible. And and with a left-wing Marxist agenda on top of it all. Anyway... um, uh, There's also a Rhode Island mom who wanted to know what her daughter was being taught in school. But when she asked the principal at the elementary school, she didn't get an answer, but she was then sued by the National Education Association, which is the teachers' union, just for asking and requesting records. So her case is still in court. She just got sued.
2: Yeah, I've been following her on Twitter. She's amazing. Um, I forget her name, darn it. Um, Solis, I think Nicole, I think it is. I hope I have her name right, but she's she's amazing. Yeah,
1: just unbelievable. Just uh, yeah. Uh, then you got in Manhattan, a school plans to separate students by race next week during discussion relative to identity and social justice topics. So they're going to segregate the students and talk about issues that are about you know social justice and so forth because of the incident that occurred in. Um, in Missouri, yeah,
2: so. yeah. Well, so Bob, uh, you know, so we—it just seems like we're being bombarded with stories every single day. Um, this Christopher Roof—I know you're going to talk about it next week, but. Uh, what they are uncovering going on in Indianapolis. Basically, this is a wide-scale leak of hundreds of documents that blows the lid off of extreme, extreme Marxism and what's being taught in public schools there, with this teacher, Tony Kennedy, uh, basically just shut out of the school with him. They walked they him out of his email like within within an hour. Um, so, But this is spreading like wildfire across Twitter tonight, so so hopefully we'll get a full report from you on that next week, because I'm sure you're going to be researching those files, uh, over the weekend. Uh, and I appreciate your updates, Bob, as always, because you always are just packed with incredible stuff here. So thank you so much for what you've done this week. And I know Andrea will want to spend a lot of time with you next week on the latest there. So one 1170 here at the Andrea case show with Brian Maloney coming up. Uh, we are going to be taking your calls as well as talking about the updates on polls and also the cover up on uh, Waukesha, which and there are late breaking stories on that, too, that just blow my mind and should blow yours as well. So all that coming up and more on the Andrea Kay show.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram
2: at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E.
0: And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org.
3: A.K., Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: All right, so fresh poll data. And, I mean, each poll over the last few weeks has been bringing just jaw-dropping news the numbers i've never seen a presidency like this i've never seen one where poll after poll after poll shows an incumbent president sinking and sinking and sinking, and there's no real response from the white house usually a president i don't care which party you're from would try to adjust how they govern in some way to respond to poll numbers that are just thinking faster than the time. Yeah, it's
3: like when the last time you were on, Brian, we were talking about it briefly. It's like they don't care.
2: Yeah, it, it is like they don't care. By the way, if you want to uh, chime in on any of this here on the Andrea K Show with Brian Maloney filling in, it's 888-344-1170. No, you're absolutely right. They don't seem to care. I can't figure out what what they're thinking. Is Is it just, okay, we know we're going to get annihilated next November, so we're going to try to cram through as much as we can between now and then. I, I don't know. I mean, do you really want to be out of power for the next 20 years if you're the Democrats? Because that's what they're looking at right now. and that's I think what a lot extremely... of it has to do with
3: Brian is, is they're hoping the, – they know they're going to push as much of it through as they can, and they're hoping beyond all hope that if they can get that HR1, if they can get that election centralization through, then they're going to stay in power. But that doesn't go through, and they're looking at some really bleak times.
2: Well, well, they do. And even if they do get that through, I know the idea is, OK, they can, you know, rig a whole lot of other places. But the, and I mentioned this last night. The problem is, you know, if you want to rig your presidential election, you really only have to cook, you know, the numbers in about four cities. So that's what we saw happen. And, you know, four counties that are already run by your own people, you don't have to worry about if you're the Democrats. Um But, I mean, and all this is going on in the face of a Republican party that is very, very weak, very timid, very cowardly, very fearful. Um, They're not speaking out on any of the atrocities that are going on right in front of us. And yet they're still going to blow the Democrats out of the water next November. I mean, you could see this coming 100 miles away. I don't know why instead of, you know, when prices are going up. Uh, through the roof. And the average American is really feeling this in their pocketbooks there. People already have tight budgets and they're looking at prices and they're saying, I can't afford anything anymore. And the White House response is, you know, this is actually what Jen Psaki said, lower your expectations. She really said, lower your expectations. Why? Why should we lower our expectations just because the regime took power in Washington that that espouses policies that are damaging to the American middle class? So we're all supposed to suffer because of this. That's what it seems like they want. More and more, there's an elite oligarchy made up of one tenth of one percent of people who are billionaires who want to run everything, own everything, control everything, tell us what to think, eat, say and do. They want us eating bugs. Uh, rather. Brian, than do you think things? more people
3: are waking up to that?
2: Well, I I think you're seeing it in the poll, in the poll. So, you know, so I I haven't even brought up the poll data that that we've been kind of alluding to here. Um, And it is from Rasmussen reports, which, you know, it leans right. But he's also he's also very accurate. So, I mean, his track record is is excellent. That's what I'm saying. When even the liberal pollsters are showing horrible numbers for both Biden and Harris, you know, you
3: know, it's not good.
2: Well, because they're not even trying to sugarcoat it anymore. I mean, these networks, these universities, they're not even trying anymore. Either that or they just can't find enough people to pad their numbers with anymore. So, Rasmussen, today, less, these, these numbers are worse than anything I've seen. Less than a third of voters think it would be a good idea for Joe Biden to run for reelection And, and... He would lose a rematch to former President Donald Trump by a double-digit margin. I have not seen anything like this to date. Wow! Now, this is a, a, a let's see, twelve hundred likely voters, not registered voters, likely voters. It means it's more accurate. Sampling error margin three points either way, ninety-five percent level of confidence. So, fifty-six uh, percent say it would be a bad idea for Biden to run again. Fourteen percent are not sure. So, but the bottom line here is that we're talking about a a double-digit victory by Trump. I mean, that that you could not have said that three months ago, six months ago. You could not have said that in January or February. People really did give Biden the benefit of the doubt for through the whole spring and a good portion of the summer. And maybe that's, you
3: know, I mean, this is a great, uh, great thing to talk about. Maybe that's why, other than endorsements, Trump has been rather quiet for the most part since the election. And he's waiting to see how low Joe's going to go before he's like, yeah, I'm running. And you know what? Well, we're getting it back.
2: Well, yeah. So that so there are a couple things. We can kind of debate this two different ways. For one, you can say, well, so Trump is just sitting back and waiting for this ship to sink. And it is sinking. Um, and you can just sit back and kind of be quiet and watch it, which Trump has never been in the, in the past. He's never been quiet before. This is new. Um, the other thing about this is that those who didn't like Trump, those bad memories that they had, for whatever reason they had, them, start to fade. Uh, and this is just inevitable in politics, in political life. I don't care who's in power and who leaves power. You know, an ex-president is usually somewhat more popular than they were when they actually had the presidency um, because our minds, the way they work, we tend to kind of block out the bad stuff and remember the good. So, so if you were, you know, there's still a core group of people who absolutely despise Trump and will till, the, you know, till they take their last breaths, okay? That base is never gonna vote for Trump. I don't care what happens. I still personally doubt I I guess I'm in the minority in this. I don't think Trump's going to run again. I just don't think it's going to happen. But these numbers are still fascinating to look at. I mean, maybe he does run. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know why he would want to go through this again. See, I think think
3: he's going to run because Trump never likes to take second place. And I think it's really at the back of his head right now. He's like, as much as, you know, good that we did, we didn't win the election. And I'm I'm not settling unless I get back in the game and I win again.
2: That could that could be possible. I think, though, uh, there are a lot of things I would have to change right now. First of all, you don't really see that fighting Trump anymore. So that's something that bothers me. Also, whenever he speaks, he's talking about the vaccines, which is very, very unpopular with his base. So there are some things that are going on right now that are bothering me just in terms of Trump not really acting like the Trump that you expect. I think I know what
3: you're going to say. And Andrea and I are in complete agreement with you.
2: Well, yeah, and that is that Trump seems to be hanging out with the Kevin McCarthy GOP establishment types way, way, way too much. Is that what you were thinking of or something else? Yeah,
3: no, yeah, this is not – this is definitely not the Trump of 2016, which is what got him elected, Brian, in the first place. He's hanging around the squishy Republicans that are – if he continues to do it and he doesn't turn around like yesterday, if he does run – I don't think he would, might even get the nomination. I think it would go to well, go to exactly someone like right. DeSantis.
2: It's almost like he thinks he needs to behave more like Mike Pence or something. I don't know why he takes, uh, you know, advice from these terrible people. But you know, Lindsey Graham should not be allowed within a hundred miles of Donald. Oh, Trump. I agree. Uh, and and the Mitch McConnell's and all the people who are the problem with the Republican Party rather than the solution. All of these hacks who have been entrenched in their positions for decades, who are just ruining the party, uh, who need to be removed. So many people we need to challenge with primaries, just primary these rhinos right out of the party. Get so, rid of them. so wanting him so to run, should. yes. Do
3: I think he would be the best at, at winning? Again, and not, not unless he turns it around, Brian. He's still got time. There's still lots of time, but... You know, you got to get out ahead of this because the Democrats are working each and every day to make sure they don't lose that power.
2: Well, let's just say even if you go out. Okay, so let's say Trump keeps having his, uh, uh, you know, his whatever when he goes out to the um, rallies. Let's say he keeps having his rallies. Okay, so you go out there and it's going to be harder and harder to make the case when you're out there telling people they should be vaccinated in front of crowds in Georgia or whatever. That's the last thing they want to hear. Um, so, you know, you're out there increasingly delivering a message that is at odds with everything you stood for and ran on uh, in 2016 and 2020. And I have maintained for quite a while here that regardless of whether you think the 2020 election was stolen, that it was a poorly run campaign on Trump's part. And remember when I filled in for Andrew uh, a couple of weeks ago, whatever, we had Peter Navarro on. Remember, he wrote that. He's got that new That's book. That's right. And he is in there, and we talked about this on the air. Um, he writes extensively about the botched reelection campaign, uh, especially, I mean, you had people that were stealing, you know, you had that clown in Florida stealing money from the campaign. Uh, what's this guy's, oh, the train wreck guy. Um, I never understood his, his why he was in that campaign. Yeah, even why though was I was winning.
3: really excited and I, I still felt Trump was going to win. But, you know, going through that campaign, I was just like, man, uh, you know, Mr. President, this this isn't the same guy that I voted for four years ago.
2: It wasn't at all. It was completely unfocused. There was no, I mean, a campaign should bring forward, a re-election campaign. You know, here's here's what I've been doing. Here's what I want to work on. We didn't see anything like that. What we saw instead was a daily kind of play in defense as the media attacks them more and more and more. They spent all their time sitting there worrying about how to respond. Uh, never do that. Just tune out the media and focus on the campaign and focus on three core issues or whatever you know. I always take this back to nineteen ninety four and Newt Gingrich, whatever you think of him pro or con, he ran for the Republican Party as a whole, an extremely focused package of uh, the contract with america
3: 100 percent.
2: essentially it was a list that you could look at and say okay well i agree with these things or i don't you knew exactly uh, what he stood for yeah and, and this is what we're going to do when we're elected and then they got elected in a well that 94 election was incredible uh and, and then they did all those things so if you were against them fine but you didn't vote for it but at least you knew what they stood for and what they were going to do. You don't see any of that from the Republican Party at all anymore. You don't see Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy out there saying, this is what we're going to do when we annihilate the Democrats in the election next year. No, no. Instead, if these, you know, ambi-fambi nice tweets and, and mealy mouth statements and fuzzy Fox news interviews, no indication Of what anybody in this party is going to do other than continue to, you know, take money from lobbyists and whatever else. So, I mean, they're still going to win anyway, but uh, we got to try to change this party between now and November. That's about all. To me, this is about the primaries. This is about getting rid of a lot of really bad people.
3: A hundred percent. And, you know, mean, they, they've I mean, proven uh, m- more and more each and every day, uh, even of late, Brian, that they're they say one thing and they do another. So, you know what? You're done.
2: Well, that's yeah. And that's exactly right. I mean, what are we still doing stuck with Mitch McConnell uh, after all these years? We've been stuck with that guy for decades. and People say, yes, but he's a master this or that in the Senate. I don't care anymore. The guy doesn't stand. So he for needs to anything. go anything. He needs to, you know, and Kevin McCarthy is, is just an empty suit. He is a feckless leader who who just, you know, isn't, isn't going to be an activist on anything ever. So we've got to do better than this. I don't want to see those people handed out a 100 seat majority and just squander. All right, so Andrea Kay will be back Monday. I want you to have a fantastic Thanksgiving. This has been Brian Maloney, a pleasure to fill in once again on The Answer San Diego. Hope your Thanksgiving is fantastic.